If your heart's wrong, that's where God wants to be. If your life's wrong, that's where God wants to come. He wants to save you. He wants to redeem you. He wants to turn you around. That's in your thinking. It's kind of this self-exalting thing. You know, people are so spiritual. Come along, they know it all. See it all. God deliver us from them. It's that plain. Verse 18. Let no man beguile you of your reward in the voluntary humility and worshipping of angels. All right? When you start believing there's good angels around, you know I've got a good angel protecting me. Well, it's better to have Christ inside you and be a son of God. God will give his angels charge over you. God will do that. Don't ever get into that. It'll, you'll lose your reward. You know, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not some angel hopped on your shoulder. All right? Is that plain? Warns against it. Makes it very plain. Let's go then to 2 Timothy. Second epistle of Timothy. I hope you came to study the Bible. Now, verse 8. As Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith but they shall proceed no further for their folly shall be manifest unto all as theirs also was but thou hast fully known my doctrine manner of life purpose faith long-suffering charity patience persecution afflictions boy he had problems you know people don't like If you want to make an enemy, become a preacher. If you want to make a lot of enemies, have a church. Because I tell you, there's two types of people. There's the carnal mind, which is enmity against God. And then there's the mind of the spirit, which wants to go God's way and has yielded to the Lordship of Christ. And you have a mixed multitude always, unfortunately. Would to God you didn't. Uh, They creep in. Uh, There are people who never learn. Wrong thinking is the curse. Uh, Verse 8. They resist the truth, men of corrupt minds. You know, the corruption's always in the mind, in your thinking. Uh, It's so easy to justify yourself in your mind. It's so easy to allow your mind to get the wrong ideas. And, and I want to keep emphasizing it's the mind, it's the mind, it's the mind, it's the mind. It's the imaginations, it's the reasonings, it's the thinking. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Alienated from the life of God in your mind. Everything you do is with your thinking. And the devil's there to tell you, hey, you can be free. You can have license. Live the way you want to live. And it gets into your mind. 
Why shouldn't I do this? Why shouldn't I do that? Why can't I have this? Why can't I have that? Gets in your mind. And then it comes out of your mouth and it defiles you. And then you become the enemy of God and you accuse God of being your enemy. And you accuse the people of God because your corrupt mind can't bear the conviction. And then you run like a rat to your filth. Why? It's in the mind. There's a land of good things. I will press in and they'll be mine. But the land of good things is God's provision. And if you've made him your enemy and you're alienated from him, how are you ever going to enjoy it? Well, that's the negative side. Thank God there's a positive side. Okay? You, if you go to a doctor, the first thing he needs to find out is what's wrong with you. In, if you go to a doctor and you say, well, I've got trouble with my stomach, and he says, well, try these pills. Or try this remedy. And he doesn't bother to find out what's wrong. I'll tell you what will happen. You'll live with a simmering complaint in your body until it gets so bad you're in real trouble. What you need to do is find out what's wrong. It's not right to be ill. Oh, well, you've got irritable bowel. Why? Oh, you've got... um, uh, you know, you've got tension and let's give you a tranquil. Why? You see, the normal person lives healthy. Lots of people die. They die because no one bothered to find out right at the start what was wrong. They left them and you find someone, they're in the third and fourth stage of cancer when they could have been found and dealt with on the first stage if only the doctor had had enough time and care. But he didn't. And you see tragic cases, or I do, meet them all the time. They ring for prayer. I talk to them on the phone. I pray with them. And the truth is, They need never be in that state, but it went on and on, undiagnosed, until when it was finally diagnosed, it was so late, it was too late. And then they come to me and think I'm a magician. Let God work some magic. Well, thank God he's merciful God and full of grace, and sometimes we see such beautiful miracles of healing. But if only they'd dealt with it right at the start, it would have been better. Amen? Do you believe that? I do. (laughs) Right at the start. Now, what I've done is I've just brought you to see, hey, if there's enmity, if there's envy, if there's strife in your heart and in your mind, you are your problem. It's no one else. You might have all kinds of blame for other people, but you are what you think. And you're alienated from the life of God. And it's so in you that it's destroying you. And you're a fool because you're destroying yourself. God's not your enemy, God's your friend. But light has this horrible habit of making you feel that God's your enemy. 
And then you get into this hiding position and you don't want to face light. You don't want to... Because your deeds are evil. Wicked works alienate you. Your way will lead to destruction. Let's look then at the difference. Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55. What's the remedy? That's what I need to know. Isaiah 55. My thoughts, verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Amen? In other words, the carnal mind is totally at enmity with God, cannot be subject to the law of God, and so God says, hey, you've got to understand that my thoughts aren't your thoughts, and my ways aren't your ways, and your ways aren't my ways. So there has to be a total transformation of lifestyle, of thinking, of living, if you're going to live free in Christ. He's made it plain. He says, look, the course of this world is governed by the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that works in the children of disobedience. My thoughts aren't your thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. Now, how are you going to live? Are you going to change your ways? Are you going to change your thoughts? Or are you going to go and remain an enemy of God? It's as simple as that. That's plain, isn't it? You know, it's not a matter of, of negotiation. It's not a matter. It's just clear, straightforward, down the line. You can't live the world's way. You can't think your way. You can't go your way. There's God's way. And it's totally different. Do you understand that? You know, it's so important. There's choices in life. The church doesn't often confront people. What we've got now is this kind of seeker-friendly, let's welcome everyone, let's keep off the negative, let's not tell people the truth, let's con them with positive thinking. But if your positive thinking doesn't transform your mind and the way you live, it's going to take you to hell. It's as simple as that. You're alienated from the life of God. And that's terrible. When we're born again, we receive a new spirit. Your mind wakes up and you receive the mind of Christ. And your mind needs re-education. And you'll find that in 1 Peter. Let's look at it. In 1 Peter, first epistle of Peter. And um, chapter 1, uh, you're, in verse 9, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Searching what? Or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which is in them, did signify, which, when it testified beforehand, the sufferings of Christ and the glory that shall follow. Unto whom 
it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which called you is holy, so be you holy in all manner of life, because it is written, Be you holy, for I am holy. Wherefore, gird up, the loins of your mind. You know, it's an image, the words an image in the Greek, gird up, the same way that the children of Israel, when they prepared to leave Egypt, they girded up their clothes so they could run, so they could get out quick, and they were told to be ready. God said, eat of the lamb. And when they ate of the lamb, they were ready to go. And they'd girded up their, their loincloth so that they could go quick and their robes wouldn't get in the way. And you gird up the loins of your mind. In other words, you're prepared to move in your mind. You're not passive. You're not fatalistic. You're a faith person who says, right, God says, and you move on it. It's not something you sit down and ponder for the next six months, or you don't go like religious people say, I must pray about this. Grow up. You don't need to pray about it, you need to obey. Gird up the loins of your mind. Uh, And that's how it is. A person who's prepared to take action. The inaction of a person shows his alienation from God. And he'll remain alienated. Gird up the loins of your mind. You don't want to be impeded by a garment. And you've got to be ready. You've got to have your mind collected and be ready to obey the will of God. Is that plain? Peter's saying, hey, come on. Now look, if you're wrong... Don't remain in your wrongness. Get right. You have only made an enemy of God yourself. God's not your enemy. You've made an enemy of yourself. You oppose yourself. You're not really opposing God. You're going to kill yourself. Salvation's there and it's free. It's a gift. And what you're doing is saying, no, I don't want it. And you're rejecting the God who bled and died. His son came and bled and died for you and you're saying it's not worth anything to me. You oppose yourself. You destroy yourself. Therefore, you've got to be sober. Gird up the loins of your mind. Hey, I've got to do something about this. I can't live alienated from God. I don't want to be an enemy of God. I'm going to do something. And it's a change of attitude, change of mind, change of course. Change of the way you live. Instant. Why? Because it's how you think. That's why you need to gird up the loins of your mind. 
You find that over in Luke. Luke chapter 12. Verse 34. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. And you yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding. And so on. Hey, your mind has got to be girded. You've got to be prepared in life to move. Do you know why people end up perishing? Because they won't change. They just believe, sit down. But I'll tell you what, we are changed from glory to glory as in the face of Jesus Christ. It's a continuing experience of transformation as we gird up the loins of our mind and we're prepared to be different. We're prepared to come out of the world. We're prepared to be a separated people unto God. And if you're not that, you're not a Christian. Is that plain? Yes. You know, with the mouth, confession is made into salvation. When you start admitting what's wrong, you can get into what's right. While you deny what's wrong, you'll live in the hell. (laughs) It's your own making. Okay? Let's go on. It's good there's scripture to look at. Matthew 22, Jesus, when he was talking to the Pharisees, he said in verse 29, he said, uh, of 22, Matthew 22, he said, you do uh, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. You, you, you do know, there's, there's nothing worse than people that are not knowing the scriptures and they don't know the power of God, which comes through believing God's word. 30, 37, Jesus said unto him, this is the master, which is the great commandment of the Lord. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with what? All thy mind. You see, if you love God with all your mind, your mind won't have room to love other things. If you love God, you will concentrate on doing the will of God, being what God wants you to be, walking in his way, and you do it with your mind. It's not something you do with your emotion. It's with your mind. Your emotions will be affected, but your mind is the thing you reason with, and that's what makes you who you are, your mind. You communicate with your mind. You think with your mind. You relate to people with your mind. You relate to circumstances with your mind. You learn with your mind. Your mind's important. And now you've got to love God with all your mind. Totally given over your mind. Now if your mind is set the right way, hey, it's going to be easy. If your mind's the wrong way, you're going to be in trouble. Uh, People want a miracle, it's loving God with all your mind. All your heart, soul, and mind. Okay? So that means you're not going to love your little self. You're not going to love your ideas and your great ambitions. You're going to love God. And if you love God, he says, you'll keep my commandments. Then the next thing you need to do is in Philippians. 
chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4. It's putting God first. Then in Philippians chapter 4, he goes on. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ. Now, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. So what do you occupy your mind with? You come to a finality to occupy your mind with the right things. And whatsoever things are pure. Hey, You know, if you occupy your mind with your own bitterness and your own connivings, you won't think God's way, you'll end up in destruction your own way. A lot of people, they they destroy themselves by their thinking in their minds. Marriages break up because of attitudes in the mind. Relationships break down through wrong attitudes. Enmity comes through carnality. Hatred comes from a human mind that's carnal. Doesn't come from God. And the scripture is very clear how you're to think. Finally, brethren, boy, look at this. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. You know, there are some people... The only thing they do is gossip. The only news they talk about is bad news. The only way they think is filth. And then they say, well, I, you know, I, 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 I'm not born again. For goodness sake. <laughs> God's ways aren't your ways and God's thoughts aren't your thoughts. It's about time you made a change. You've got to change. God has made a way for life. And you're choosing death. God's made a way for salvation. And you choose your filth. Alienated from God. God says. He loves you. And you say, I hate you. That's what you're saying by your action. You reject God, you're alienated from his life by your life. Uh, And that's the difference between truth and error. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now is that plain? Boy, is that plain? I'm hot. 
you know, I'm, I'm, I say it with passion. To me, I cannot understand how anyone can make God their enemy. I, I just don't, I can't comprehend anyone being such a fool. I can't comprehend what drives a man or a woman to go against God, to hate God, to be alienated from God and to deliberately reject him. That to me is sheer, utter folly. But there are many people that do. (laughs) And I tell you what, boy, they hate God. Blame the preacher. I mean, in the end, you can't get at God, so you can get at the preacher. Don't like that. You know, how dare he say that about me? I tell you what, time you woke up, he should be friendly. I'm not going to be friendly with an enemy. Someone wants to fight God and go against God. I, I'm sorry, he's on the wrong side. Time he changed. From the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Time you made up your mind, hey, I'm on the wrong side. Hmm. You know, sometimes it says in the Bible, it'll even cause your enemies to make peace with you. Romans 12. Says in Romans 12. Okay, let's just go to the positive. Romans 12 and verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. You don't get conformed to this world. Look, the world says it's okay to have an alternative lifestyle. It's a lie of the devil. It's filth and it's against God and it's repugnant in the extreme. Is that plain? It is wrong. An alternative lifestyle is absolutely alienating you from the life of God forever. Unless you repent. There is no alternative. There's one way to live. God's way. Is that plain? And you've got to be clear. God says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Okay. 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. And verse 5, or uh, or verse 4, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Look, if your faith stands in the wisdom of men, you're in trouble, because man's thoughts aren't God's thoughts. Man's ways aren't God's ways. It's got to stand in power. And power is miracle power. The sick are healed, blind eyes open, deaf ears unstopped, the power of God revealed. God is a good God. He's a miracle working God. And I believe in miracles. Thank God we see them. It's so important to understand your faith must be in the power of God. And the power of God is in the gospel, and the gospel is his word. The good news is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. And God gives you a gift and changes your mind, changes your heart, changes your thoughts. 
You don't want it standing in the wisdom of men. Verse 14 of this chapter. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit, but for their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. He just hadn't got a hope of understanding. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We know because we have the mind of Christ. And it's totally, utterly different. And Titus chapter 2. Go back to Titus chapter 2. And this is for young men. Young men likewise exhort to be what? Sober-minded, that means discreet. You know, there's one thing about young men, they think they know everything. And the trouble is, there's a nice sticker I've told you before in America, it says, employ a teenager while he knows everything. And kids think they know everything. As you get older, you realize the less you know. Uh, We have to be sober-minded. Um, in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned. That he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Is that plain? You know, when we deal with imagination, the word comes from Yetzer, and it is a, more than a mental picture. It's used of God's creation of man. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. The creation of man is the same word as imagination. Do you know, people live in the reality of their imagination that's not real. But it's creative, You create a world of your own in your mind and the devil uses it. The devil twists you with your own thinking and your own thinking becomes your realm of life. You create your problems out of your mind and in your mind you live in the realm of your thinking and you think you're right but God says you're wrong. You've got to have the mind of Christ. You've got to realize your thinking isn't God's thinking. Your ideas and imagination isn't real. What is real is truth. And truth is the word of God. And bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. Everything into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Otherwise what you do is you take that creative thing within you in your imagination and reasoning, and you create a world that's false, deceptive, and full of deceit. And it's not true. God is true. Let every man be a liar. It's a choice. Are you going to walk according to the course of this world and live in it, the prince of the power of the air, or are you going to make a choice to step out of darkness and into light and live according to God's way and bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ?
It's that simple. You know, it's not, it's not a mind game. It's truth. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Do you know one of the things that happens is when you live your own way, you actually think you're right and God's wrong. In the end, you think you become your own God. You become so smart in your own mind, you think you'll get away with it. But the end thereof is destruction. The Bible says there is a way that seemeth right unto man. The end thereof, destruction. Now how can any man walk away that's going to destroy him when God says, hey, it's wrong. Casting down imaginations. All the unreal. Coming to reality. You know, Jesus is the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's come to give me life, and life more abundant. Hasn't come to give me a dream. Hasn't come to fulfill my desires. He's come to cause me to walk his way. Paul wrote so often and said, look here, your problem's in your mind. You're not fighting a spirit up there. You're fighting thoughts. The enemy comes to feed those thoughts into your mind. And then they come out of your mouth and they defile you. And then your imagination and your reasoning chooses a wrong lifestyle. And you start calling what's right wrong and what's wrong right. Then you begin to justify yourself. Huh. I have a right to my life. I have a right to choose. What's wrong with going to a nightclub? What's wrong with drinking? What's wrong with living that way? What's wrong with that job? What's wrong with that lifestyle? What's wrong with spending my money doing this? Why shouldn't I live? And God says, you've got to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Before you act on your thoughts, you've got to capture them. And you've got to say, hey, just a minute. If I'm going to confess Jesus Christ as Lord, I've got to live according to His kingship. What He says is the law of my life. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets me free from the law of sin and death. If I want to escape from death, I've got to walk in life. If I'm going to escape, there has to be a transformation of my mind. I can't just think any thought. I can't live in an unreal world. I can't live for my selfishness. I can't live for my thoughts. I've got to come back to the reality of who and what Christ is. He's my Lord and King. I've got to be like Him. Is that simple? Choice! But no choice at all. Only a fool would remain alienated from God. Only a fool would say, I won't live God's way. There's no other way to go 
Hey, if you've got strife and envy and hatred and bitterness in your mind and in your heart, there is no justification. Do you know, the Bible says, if you love God, you love your brethren. No man can love God if he can't love his brother. If you can't love your brother who you have seen, you can't love God who you haven't seen. And when you're alienated from God, the first thing that comes up is hatred because you see him as your enemy. He's not, he's your friend. The one who's your enemy is Satan. The one who's your enemy is you yourself. You oppose yourself. You hurt yourself. You're destroying yourself. The end of your path is destruction. Make up your mind. Are you going to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and say, hey, I don't want to be like that. Are you going to take hold of a good land? I will press in, it'll be mine. I know it's in the mind. Or are you going to just say, well, I have a right to do what I want. Why should I change? It's all in the mind. What you're thinking now is what you are. But you don't have to stay that way. There's a Savior. His name is Jesus. And He came to give you a gift. It's a gift of life. He's not angry with you. He's not against you. You've alienated yourself from Him. He didn't alienate Himself from you. Wicked works separate you. He loves you. As God is my witness, I know of no other way of explaining it. I, I don't know how to make it any clearer. But I tell you what, if you want to see God move as you've never believed, could happen in your life, this is a way. Make a right choice. Step out of darkness into his light. Step out of self-centeredness and selfishness into his truth. It comes to forgive us, to restore us, to make us the way we should be. Man always seeks to hide. Or you can make a choice and say, hey, this day, I've finished with what's wrong. I'm going to do what's right. You make a decision with your mind in a second, but it's got to be lived. Choose the right path. This day say, hey God, I'm not going to live independent anymore.